Hey everyone, it's Carvajal, Carvajal the teacher. You can just call me Jesse. A while back, we did a pilot of this department podcast. And after some reflection, we kind of landed on a purpose that one, it's to highlight some of our student work, mix that in, but it's also really to capture the conversations that take place within our department. So today you'll hear a conversation that I had with uh, Douglas Brown. In the upcoming episodes, you'll hear everything from whether a conversation on whether we should have more teacher movies to teaching foreign uh, countries to the importance of global scholarship or just how we teach uh, World War II or just talking about some of those points. So enjoy our conversations. Uh, we'll keep them short and subscribe. Can we say it like the name of the... Um... Yeah, for the part... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I got you. Okay. Welcome to another episode of the Social Sciences Department podcast, and I'm here with Douglas Brown, right? So um, we're here to go ahead and, and talk about some of the projects that we went ahead and had with our seniors. Why don't you start us off and let us know about what kind of project you did? Thanks, Jeff. Um, hi, everyone. Um, last year with my seniors in the African-American studies class, and I would say my spring semester of last year, I had the great idea to do a podcast and thinking that they would be, be very interested in it. Um, and many of them had listened to podcasts and, you know, needless to say, it was awful. Um, it was my first time at it. Uh, and so all summer I'd been thinking about it and I was not going to let it go. And I really wanted and believed in this idea of getting their own voices either as individuals or as an individual group. And so we redid it and this, I was blown away, like almost to tears to where, where they ended up. And they're not perfect, but God, they're so good. They're really good. I haven't had you listen to them yet. They might be bad, <laughs> but I was pleased. I'm very happy with them. The funny thing is that for me, this was the first time um, that I do an extensive project like this. So my learning curve was this year. So it was great to have you around as a resource in order to see, you know, what you learned from it uh, the previous year and how I can adapt that as well. And in my class for the History of Los Angeles course, uh, we focus on oral histories. And, you know, the goal was I wanted them to have an, something that they could show what they've learned here um, for these past uh, three years. With social science, it's always hard to show what you're taking away from the class. We always say critical thinking or make you a stronger writer, but I wanted them to actually create a product, something outside of the essay, um, something that could actually demonstrate some critical thinking and just something meaningful that they could take with them from their experience here. And just yeah. this idea that they're, they're documenting right, that they're making something um, would help make the course more engaging. So it, it, it was fun in that way. I love that idea. And that you and I were like, and that's where we hit. We were on the same page. Uh, and this is where I felt that where I was successful in thinking of the project and also where I failed because I wanted them, the idea of oral histories and yes, do the histories uh, of Los Angeles and the histories that we've been talking about about throughout the semester, but one, there was one part where a student had to interview uh, a relative, right? This is, and this is the spring semester. And the student 
interviewed his mother and later on uh so that i interviewed the mother i listened to it graded it and then i talked to the mother after like uh and i found out all these things she did and that none of that was on the podcast and i i was like where in my questioning or where in my rubric or my schema or the questions that i was posing missed had my student missed that part that was right in front of his face about his mother and that could have been so revelatory so and this idea i guess this idea of our udl step i really wanted to personalize this so they really saw their families even before or more maybe on par with the things that we were doing in the course yeah and i totally get that and i'm that's one of the shortcomings or one of the things that I learned this year with that I've had to re-examine exactly the same question, like what did I do or what could I have done to get a, the more desired outcome? Because uh, I had a couple of students that they interviewed you know, their grandparents and their grandparents spoke of the golden age of capitalism in Los Angeles and they could have really done a lot with that, but yet it wasn't there. Right, that extra step wasn't taken. Or I had another student whose parents spoke of the issues of gentrification in Los Angeles and how, you know, the city has dramatically changed since the time uh, that they were a youth. And again, that extra step to tie it into, you know, this long history of of housing and development in Los Angeles, those steps it wasn't taken, right? And a part of that, and I think one of the things that I've learned from it as well is that I knew that this is the first time I'm running it as a semester that I also started to realize I I need to be comfortable with not receiving the desired results. And instead of, you know, judging a certain student to look at the whole process itself as to right. how can I how can I create the conditions or the situations that will allow that student to make those extra steps, you know? Yeah, I think you and I, we are, we're fortunate that we teach seniors. So everyone listening, yeah, we teach seniors in their ways. And I think what we were so good about having conversations about was about uh, for our own selves, that this was a work in progress. And for me, it was like, how was I gonna bring my students into my own work in progress this semester? So that, you know, I ironed out the wrinkles from last semester, but then I really wanted to guide them with the rubric, but I wanted the rubric to be a working one and one that we could all agree and understand and give them kind of the, the things that they could get. The If they couldn't get it from me, like everything from the rubric, could I give them deliverables that could help them understand that? And then could we talk about that as a group and say like, okay, this rubric is fair for X amount of reasons. And, or this rubric isn't gonna work for us for this thing, because your assignment is asking this, like, how can we do this? And it really made me step back and listen to them. And where I didn't make a rubric that was a one size fit all, um, but a rubric that really morphed with the assignments. And that was, again, opening up the conversation, seeing what they were doing individually as groups, and then, kind of morphing, not being afraid to morph for them. Yeah, and 
Thanks a lot for your rubric as well. That really helped me out this um, this year and just, again, getting a head start on what to ask, but the same thing, right? Because obviously we had different students, different courses. So my rubric also had a morph with um, what my assignment was, right? Um, and that's one thing that I see myself as lucky that I, I do have that kind of fearlessness when it comes to approaching a topic, uh, a, a project or whatever is of our teaching. Um, and the fact that I have no problem in saying, hey, you know what? I messed up on these expectations. Let us all readjust. And this is where we are at right now, right? Yeah. Like this is still where I want you to go, but this is where we are at right now. And I yeah. think being flexible in that way and understanding, especially when it's something that a lot of students haven't done before. Um, right. It it goes a long way because then the students are willing to take a few more risks because they know that, you know, they're not going to fall off a cliff, you know, right. that there's right. that there's this conversation going. And if they fall off the cliff, others are falling off a cliff too. So let's figure out how we're going to all climb back up. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's something yeah. I, I enjoy. So thank you for, for your rubric again on that. Yeah, the assessments, and I mean, you bring up something like you and I are, we're content experts. We're expert on what the we're teaching, but then that product that we're asking for, at least for me, you're a lot better at it than me. <laughs> I am not an expert at that. And so as you and I have talked about, there are better experts on YouTube. They could get that information from but you and I are good about not just our content experts, but managing them and where the process of which they are going through and, you know, making sure they do a draft. And, you know, this one thing that came up that I really want to try out this semester uh, and I want to invite everybody listening to kind of maybe chart this with you and I uh, is this idea of being scripted or unscripted. You know, could students... The students who wrote scripts, you know, I wanted them as a, also as a longtime English teacher, I wanted them to write it, everything. But then when they did the podcast, the ones who had scripts, they were terrible. It was really bad. It just seemed fake. And then the ones who had like kind of a hybrid part scripted and then they were in it when they were interviewing their parents. Like one kid was riding with his father in a car and I was like, wow, that's really great in terms of the, the world of a podcast, right? You're getting this live interview, you know, uh, the, you know, and it's really natural and you're in the community. This is everything we're talking about right here. You got to run with that. So uh, we'll see how uh, that goes and how we could capture students' voices individually in this. Yeah. Well, and to, to add a little bit to that is even that whole process of scripted versus unscripted, it really connects to what we're trying to teach them in the social sciences altogether, that one of the big flaws when we engage in research that students have early on is that they go into research already with an argument in mind, right? Things are already scripted. And then once they actually get into that research process, they will try to force things to go ahead, to fit that argument that's already uh, set in stone for them. And then you get really poor quality at the end of it as opposed to going in a little bit with an idea but going in with i'm going to see what what gives you know what gives from this interaction that i'm having from this i'm documenting this let's see what organically takes place 
and then taking that and then once you've captured that then afterwards throughout the processing that's when you create that script right you're putting the argument right. together and that's i mean when you when you look at it that's what we're supposed to be doing right that's that's the goal right that we try to uh, get our students on so yeah and it's just back and forth how are we going to do it too scripted and like very rigid robotic too unscripted it could be chaos and maybe that's where where our role is, right? Our role is to to be the guides that helps them make sense of the chaos into uh, something that they could be proud of, right? And and that pretty much is it. So, I mean, last question. I mean, that's why I chose a podcast, right? That I really wanted students to create something they could be proud of. And a lot of the feedback I got uh, in my course survey from some of the students uh, was that, you know, they enjoyed this project. One one comment that really stuck out to me was, oh, I, I like the project because I got to work with my dad. And that itself, and that that's something they could take with them, right? That's like that connection that they're making. And, you know, I want them to have something they can look back at. I mean, these things that they've created with us, right? It's like those macaroni cards that, you know, if you hold on to it from kindergarten that uh, your kids give you. Um, this is that same thing, right? Like they've created something here that 40 years from now, when they're, you know, with their own grandchildren or uh, whatever it is in, in their future lives, they have this that they created, you know? of this moment in time at Loyola in Los Angeles, 2023, 24. It's, yep. it's great. And that's it. I mean, you said it earlier, they're moving out of the classroom to move beyond the classroom. And that's it for them to be able to hold that up to them, to their own kids. And uh, I love it. A quick question about the, so uh, there's multiple Browns on campus, but your F, D Brown, F yeah. Douglas Brown. So what's the, the F? And do you go by F dot or just the F? I got, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, some of my friends call me Fred Douglas sometimes, but I'm a Frederick Douglas. I'm Frederick Douglas Brown. And that really fits into the class. And that's like day one thing I talk about. Because all those all guys who are here when they're sophomores, they read the Frederick Douglas book over the summer, part of their summer reading. So it's great that they understand and they come in at least with that knowledge of <laughs> <laughs> African-American history and studies. Well, Thanks for having awesome. me. I'm enjoying, uh, I'm going to enjoy us doing this and uh, letting people see our process. Uh, we do, I know we're going to share some ancillary things with folks and rubrics and grids and websites. So it's going to be a lot for people to look at. Yeah. And thanks everyone for listening. Uh, subscribe. This is the Social Sciences Department podcast where we're going to showcase stuff from our faculty, what we're doing in the classroom, what our students are working on. So subscribe so you could just follow up on the things that we are doing here, exciting things that we are doing here. So uh, catch you all next time.